Hello, everyone, and once again, thank you for listening to my podcast, Rainy Days. The uh, last time I recorded, I talked about some signs that Larry left me, and so I want to I wanna go forward it, it, uh, pretty much where I left off and uh, give you some more information on some more signs that he left me. Um, I was talking about a reading that I had done and how he had mentioned that he talks to me in my head and how I realized, all right, then it's not me going crazy or it's not my way of processing grief. It really is him talking to me. And some of like the most famous or the more famous or popular um, psychics or people who do readings that I've, um, that have written books that I've read also talk about how a lot of the information that they get from the spiritual realm is information that's basically basically downloaded into their into their mind into their head um for the most part for them it's more pictures and and symbols um for me it was it's it's a straight up conversation um but there's also things that um like automatic writing, which is basically along the same lines as my conversations with Larry, except I'm just not writing it down. So, um, during the reading, I had also asked if he would show himself to me, and he said, absolutely not. Um, And I can't remember right now what the reasoning was, but it was along the lines of he doesn't want to scare me and I'm just not really um, probably because I would be scared and it wouldn't be to my advantage for him to show himself. Um, For him to show himself, it's possible. I don't know how they do it or what frame of mind I would have to be in. I do know that I have seen spirits in the past. Um... And not anything that I went looking for, and it wasn't anyone that I knew. So it was kind of, you know, coming from a religious background, I I, I rebuked the enemy, and I prayed them off, and they were gone. So there you go. Um, I figured I don't, I don't want to see anyone that I don't know. And whether they're, home, they're there for a good reason or not, if I don't know them, then I'm not going to feel confident or safe with seeing spirits that I don't know. So to make a long story short. um, One of the other signs, so, okay, so back to the reading. I'm getting getting ahead of myself. Back to the reading. He said he would not show himself, but that he would come to me in my dreams. So I was like, all right, I'm I'm cool with that. I, I dream a lot. And a lot of my dreams, I feel like, are messages from above. Um, not so much visitations, but messages that I get that help me in my daily walk. Um, not, they're not all like that, but you know, my typical dreams are just like everyone else's. It's just typical mumbo jumbo that you go through during the day that you play over in your head while you're sleeping. And it turns out into this big theatrical production while you're sleeping. Um, but this, this evening I was having one of those kind of dreams and I, and I can't remember what it was now, but it was, you know, I typically dream in scenes, like different scenes that really have nothing to do with any anything with the other. 
So this particular night was one of those kinds of nights. I had had four or five series of about four or five different dreams. And just as I was ready to wake up, and again, this was about two nights after I had my reading, just as I, w- just as I was finishing my last dream section and I was ready to wake up, Larry's face popped up from the waist up. He was just there. There he was, just smiling at me. And I was like, oh, my God, you're here. And, and it wasn't, that was a visitation. It was a visitation because it had nothing to do with any of the other parts. And it was just him. It was like it wasn't like he was doing anything in particular. It wasn't like we were walking through a meadow and, and we were sitting on a bench. It was just, here I am, the big smile on his face. And so I was happy and I was able to touch him for like a, a good 30 seconds or so. And then I woke up. So he said he would show up in my dreams. And he did just that. He showed up in my dream. Um... That was a great experience because it just seems, you know, we all know that when we dream, they seem so real sometimes that when you wake up, you know, if it's a really bad dream, it really does shake you up. Or if it's a really good dream, you feel amazing. Um, but aside from that, we also had um, numbers. I would see series, series of numbers. It would be, I would wake up in the morning and I would look at the clock and it would be 10, 10. Okay, it's 10, 10. That's, that's odd. All right, whatever. And then as the day would go on, I'd happen to glance at the clock again, it would be 11, 11, or, and then it would be 12, 12. And then sometimes I would walk in, look at the temperature on the, um, and this happened one day. It was 10, 10, and then 11, 11, 12, 12. And then I, I walked into the hallway to look at the, the temperature setting for the air conditioner. And the time on the clock was 13, 13, which was a clear indication of, something that Larry used to do was he would set all of his clocks at, um, on military time for whatever reason. That's what he, that's what he preferred. Now he wasn't, he was never in the military, but he just preferred to, to do it that way. I don't know. He was a smart guy. Maybe it was just whatever. I really don't know. But so you get what I'm trying to say? It was 10, 10, 11, 11, 12, 12, 13, 13. And then it was one eleven. 222 and 333, 444 and 555. Now, not all of those were on one day. Like the, the first part of it was on one day and the second part of it was on another day. But it, and that kept happening for a while. It still happens sometimes, but not as often lately. And then I realized that that was also happening right before he passed away. So I think that maybe my... Other deceased relatives were trying to get my attention. Um, because besides that, I was out for a walk one day, and at the time I was not, I didn't have a stable job. I was kind of doing side jobs trying to figure out what I was going to do. Um, I had walked away from a job that I really, really disliked, and then so I was doing some cleaning jobs on the side and went for a walk one day, and it suddenly dawned on me that. Um, I need to be able to support myself. Not, I need to go out and get a regular job because I don't have a regular job. I need to be able to support myself is what came into my head. Now, again, I'm thinking this is just me telling myself I need to be able to support myself. Well, it's true, but I didn't go looking for a job. For whatever reason, I just wasn't ready to look for a regular job. I was doing okay financially with the side jobs that I had. 
And then one day out of the blue, a friend of mine calls me and she says, hey, you know, we chit-chatted for a little while. And she says, we're, we're hiring. I said, okay. She's like, do you, do you want to, do you want to apply? I said, sure. I, I never turned down an opportunity that just comes my way just out of the blue. I always explore it and I always, if it's an open door, I'm going to walk through it and I'm going to see what's on the other side. If it's not for me, it's not for me. But what if it is? So I said, all right. And it's in a job that I used to be, this is actually where I met her, where um, I used to work for the company years ago. And we met, we were coworkers and then we stayed friends. And so, okay, so she sends me the link, I apply. And about three weeks later, um, I'm out walking again. And again, I get the same thought. I need to be able to support myself. And I was like, okay, what the heck? So I decided to message my friend and I said, hey, listen, I haven't heard back from anyone. Um, and I remember this was, this was a Monday. This was Monday. She said, um, she said, be patient. We just had a meeting on it today. You'll hear soon, hopefully. And so then Tuesday, the following day, I remember it. Um, this was Monday, June 22nd. Tuesday, the following day, June 23rd. Um, I'm traveling to go to a business meeting for the business I was doing, side business I had. And I got a call for an interview. And so we did the phone interview right as I was driving. Um, and this was the June 23rd was the day that my boyfriend actually passed, but I didn't know he had passed away yet because he wasn't responding to my text messages and he was out working and that wasn't, it's not, it wasn't an unusual thing for him because he would get busy and then he would respond on his way home. So I was like, all right, well, he's just busy or whatever. So I didn't think anything of it. I go to the meeting. I, I did the interview and I, and I thought that was just hot. I was like, whatever. I did the interview. I went to the meeting. And on my way back from the meeting, it dawned on me, it is now 9 o'clock and I have not heard from my boyfriend. He never works this late. So now I'm worried. Um, but not to get into the specifics of his death and to make it melancholy and depressing. Um, I found out that he had passed away while he was working, uh, passed away of a heart attack. And I don't know the time. I can only assume it was anywhere... Could have been anywhere between 12 and 4 o'clock, more or less. Noontime and 4, because by 4, he would normally be home. Um, so, he passed on June 23rd, the same day they actually called me for an interview, and this is where I'm going with this. And the following day, they did the second interview, which I really, really had to compose myself because I had just lost my boyfriend. So, I had to get through it enough to actually be offered the position. And this is the, the, the job that I do now, thankfully. But the ironic thing is, it's, it's just so weird that it's like, I get this thought in my head that says, you need to be able to support yourself. And then on top of that, one day, actually it was the night before, that, that same Monday evening, the night before he died, I went to clean one of the gyms um, that I was a cleaner for. And while... After I finished the first gym, I went to go clean the second gym, and I'm throwing out the garbage before I go into the second gym, the garbage from the first gym. And a thought popped into my head that said, 
Why are you out here? Again, I'm thinking it's me talking to myself. Why are you out here in the middle of the night cleaning gyms? You should be home with your husband. Okay. Now, meanwhile, we weren't married. So for me to call him my husband was unusual. So I go to walk into the gym. I was like, whatever, I'm having these thoughts. I go to walk in the gym. I let myself in and I go to turn off the alarm, but I can't get to the alarm because the office, the little office within the gym where the alarm pad is, for some reason or another, someone accidentally locked. So I couldn't get in to turn the alarm off. So I leave because I'm thinking I'm not going to stick around for the cops to show up. I leave and I call the person that the company that I work for and I explain to her what happened. So she said, okay, you know, I'll mention it to the owner and let him know that that's why you couldn't get into clean. And so I head home. By now, it's like 10 in the evening, and my boyfriend, you know, who was mid-sleep, woke up, and he says, oh, you're home early. And I said, yeah, and I explained to him what happened. Well, he went back to sleep. But lo and behold, the next day, he passed away. So for that thought to pop in my head, you need to be home with your husband, was just so unusual. It was almost like someone in spirit was trying to tell me, And I'm going to say it was my grandmother. And I'm going to tell you why in a minute. I think she was telling me, go home and spend your last evening with your husband. Because tomorrow he's not going to be there. And this obviously hit me afterwards. But when I had the reading, and I'm saying it was my grandmother. Because when I had the reading um, and my grandmother came through, she said, don't worry about your husband. He's here with us. He's beautiful by the way, and she said, and I'm calling him your husband because that's what he is. He is your husband. And I was like, oh, okay. So now you put two and two together, it all just kind of makes sense. Um, All right, so back, um, let's move on to another sign. One day I was sitting in my office and I was writing in my journal because I have a journal where I write all the signs and all the things all the signs that I've gotten from Larry and all the synchronicities and anything that I find unusual and, and not the norm, I've written in this journal. So this day I was writing, and at the end, I was, I was missing him. I was really missing him, so I wrote, I miss you, Larry, and I love you. And I put the pen down, I closed the notebook, and at, right when I turned around to go back to work, I felt this overwhelming rush of... You know, like when you're in high school and you have a crush on a person or grade school for that matter, and you have a crush on on this person and and you see him and all of a sudden you feel these butterflies in your stomach or they're talking to you and you're like, oh, my God. Um, Or when you 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 feel like you're falling in love with a person for the first time, that feeling just came over me all of a sudden. So I can only reason it away with thinking that. Because I said, I love you, Larry, he was either there or came and gave me a spiritual hug to tell me I love you back. Because that's exactly how it felt. I didn't feel it physically. I felt it within me. Like I said, the butterflies in my stomach and, and that feeling of, oh my God, my, my, the person that I love is in my presence right now. That kind of feeling. And again, that's not something that you imagine. It's not even something that I was thinking of feelings. So I don't think that that would be my, my subconscious mind creating it. 
I honestly think it was him giving me a spiritual hug. Um, all right, one more sign before I um, before I end. One day I was, um, I think this was about two weeks after his passing. I was laying in bed and I was talking to him and I was telling him how much I missed him and, and how much I missed playing with his hair and touching his face and his beard. And then right after I said that, I started to drift off to sleep. And right at that moment, kind of in between awake and asleep, I felt like I opened my eyes and he was laying in the bed with me right there, like in the flesh. And I said, Oh my God, you're here. You're here. And he had his back turns toward me because that's why he liked to sleep. Um, and I reached over and I touched his face and he did not have his beard. His face was really, really soft. And I said, oh my God, where's your beard? And then he turned around and he smiled and he said, I don't know. I've been trying to grow it back ever since. Um, but then all of a sudden when I glanced at him again, his beard was there. And I said, oh, it is there. So I started to touch his face again and play with his hair and I was like oh my god I miss you so much and then all of a sudden he just like jumped right out of bed and left and I said wait where are you going why are you leaving so soon and then I woke up and then I thought to myself holy shit it's like I wasn't asleep but I wasn't awake so I call it the in-between Because if I was asleep, I would have just drifted off and started dreaming or just kept sleeping. But I woke up. And I woke up thinking, like, I didn't fall asleep. I don't remember falling. I didn't fall asleep. That wasn't a dream. It wasn't. I wasn't awake. What the hell just happened? Um, So so that's another thing that happened to me that I just cannot reason away with. And like I said, I just call it, I was in the in-between. And from my understanding, that's the easiest way for our deceased loved ones to actually reach us. Because um, one of the biggest reasons why they have a hard time reaching us during the day or while we're awake is because, again, our mind is cluttered with all kinds of thoughts. And there's a lot of resistance involved. And for them to be able to come through, that resistance can't be there. Because it acts like a block. And in between asleep and awake, you've pretty much let go of everything. You're not dreaming yet. So you don't have that in the way. And you're not thinking about your daily struggles because you're not awake. You're in the in-between. And that's the easiest time, the easiest way for them to actually get through to you and communicate with you and, and, and actually reach you. Um, so I'll leave you with that and you can be a skeptic if you want. I know there's a lot of skeptics out there that, you know, are people that are maybe exploring and and looking for information and thinking, Hmm, could this actually be real? I'm going to leave you with this little tidbit. There's this thing that they're actually, um, creating called the soul phone, soul, S O U L the soul phone to make it possible for us to communicate with our deceased relatives or the people on the other side of the realm, because that's really all it is. It's just a different, it's like they're, they're in the same space that we share, 
but they're in a different vibration. So we can't have, we don't have access to them because we're not vibrating at the same level. It's kind of like if you think of the TV, for instance, TV's off right now. Does that mean that the channels aren't there, that there's no broadcasting happening? Of course there is. All you got to do is turn the TV on. Kind of like being in the in-between. Being in the in-between is like turning the TV on. Now that broadcast is actually able to come through. Um, Easier said than done because uh, it's only happened to me a few times. And I don't know if there's a certain state that you have to be in or if if it's really controlled by the other side um, and they come through when they feel it's necessary. I honestly don't know. But that's what I compare it to. But anyway, look up the cell phone. Google it because it is in the making. And so if you think that all this is crazy nonsense or you're just not quite there yet as far as believing it all, read up on it. It's been, they, they, they te- to my knowledge, they've, te- they, they, they've actually tested like the text, texting portion of it. But now they're actually going through the process of actually making it more of a phone call type thing um, before they actually release it to the world. And timing is of essence too, because, you know, the world has to be ready for something like this. Um, Besides the fact that financing is also an issue. But read up on it. Um, Let me know what you think. I don't even know if you can leave messages or comments on these podcast recordings. But if you can, leave a comment. I'd really appreciate it. Um, Again, thank you for listening. Have a peaceful day.